Good morning, my brothers and sisters. Welcome to episode four of Be With Me in the Book of Second Corinthians. We're uh, going to title today Christian Decision Making because in our passage, we're going to follow Paul and we're going to follow his feet and his feet are going to be in the weeds in real time, in a real place and re- making real plans. And then we're going to follow his head and his head's going to be on um, motivating people to uh, follow Christ. So there's this dichotomy of what he's doing in real time and what he's doing as far as planning. And we're going to find him doing things that we we have, making decisions that we have to make as well. What are we going to do with our our time, our resources, our talent, with distance, and with our heart for ministry and with other people? So listen, and this is from First Second Corinthians chapter 1. The title of this is Paul, Paul's Change of Plans. This, we're going to start in verse 12. For our boast is this, the testimony of our conscience, that we behaved in the world with simplicity and godly sincerity, not by earthly wisdom, but by the grace of God, and supremely so towards you. So he's, he's saying to the Corinthians, hey, there's a consistency of motivation and action towards you, and I'm basically blameless in my conscience as I make these changes that you're going to hear about here in a second. For we are not writing to you anything other than what what you read and acknowledge, and I hope you will fully acknowledge. Just as you did partially acknowledge us, that on the day of our Lord Jesus, you will boast of us, and we will boast of you. So those passages mention that there is a consistency of his message. You've already known it. You know it now. You've experienced it. Same message. Verse 15. Because I was sure of this, I wanted to come to you first so that you might have a second experience of grace. So let me just pause here. So Paul here apparently is changing his mind. His motivation is that the Corinthians have a second experience of grace. It, some people think that might be um, for them to have an opportunity to give again to the, the hurting church in Jerusalem. In other words, the experience of grace would be a financial gift that the Corinthians would give. Or it might just be uh, the blessing of having Paul come to them and um, minister to them. Because of this, I wanted to come to you first. So what we're going to find here is he's going to change his mind. Verse 16, I wanted to visit you on my way to Macedonia and to come back to you from Macedonia and have you send me on on my way to Judea. Was I vacillating when I wanted to do this? Do I make my plans according to the flesh, ready to say yes, yes, and no, no at the same time? As surely as God is faithful, our word to you has not been yes and no. For the Son of God Jesus Christ, whom we proclaimed among you, Silvanus and Timothy and I, was not yes and no, but in him is always yes. And then the great concluding verse for at least today, for all the promises of God find their yes in him. So this is a snapshot of Paul in real time, having liberty of action, liberty of free will. Now, he is limited. He's a person. He's limited by time and space and money and people and ministry goals 
and uh, in his case, uh, distance, this, just like all of us. He's not a robot. He's not getting a, a vision from God every morning uh, uh, saying what to do on this particular day. This is very similar to what you and I do every single day. What do you, get, what do, you do after you wake up? So this liberty of action comes through in this passage. And he says, hey, I wanted you, I wanted to visit you since my first Corinthians, or I wanted to visit you. Now, remember, the book of first Corinthians was written about a year ago. It's now uh, 55 AD or so. And since first Corinthians and second Corinthians, between those two letters, there's this unknown middle letter, which apparently was uh, a harsh enough thing. There was an un, there was a middle visit um, where on the third missionary journey he visited them, and he's going to say here in chapter two that it was a painful visit, and Paul had the guts to make a painful visit. So I was thinking about uh, this visit. That's this intervening visit. That's uh, kind of the subtext of this this passage. How could it have been a rainbows and puppy visit? Well, if Paul would have kept his mouth shut it would have been a happier visit. That is, if he wouldn't have called them out on marriage and sex and excommunication and idols and roles and limitations, if he didn't mention any of that stuff, they could have just, you know, had wonderful feasting dinners together. But but Paul is motivated to bring these people to maturity. So now we pause here and Paul is thinking about, well, what's the best thing to do with his time and his treasure and his talents amidst this middle visit and amidst this visit visit that uh, has been a harsh visit. And what seems like vacillating is is really just Christian decision-making, which we all do. So his, his decision-making was, first I wanted to go around the Aegean Sea in a clockwise manner. And, and then in 2 Corinthians, he says, well, no, I think I'm going to do it in a counterclockwise. And then he finally decides here, is after this middle visit, after this middle letter, and after his earlier visit to Corinthians and after his first letter, as he decides here, he's not going to go back to them. So same thing with you. Amidst the tensions and time of time, talent, treasure, of what's best for the ministry model, uh, he's making decisions and he's free to make these decisions. So in conclusion, I think this is a message on how to be wise in ministry and life with the competing limitations of time and the limitations of place amidst unlimited needs and unlimited wants and unlimited ministry needs. So we find, Paul, here a consistency of motivation. That is, I want to keep doing the best thing for you. We see here in Paul uh, the guts to keep speaking hard words and hard ministry things. That's really cool. We see his desire for the people. He wants to see them mature. And then finally, he lands on keeping the main thing, the main thing, which is, of course, Jesus. That's his Paul's first love, and he wants it to be the Corinthians' first love. And he proclaims this thing about Jesus, which is just epic in size, that for all the promises of God, find their yes in Jesus. And that is, there's 1,300 pages in my Bible that's Old Testament and he's saying all that concludes into uh, into Jesus, all the promises end in Jesus. So are you trusting? Are you motivated by the will of others? Are you rock solid on the love of Jesus? And are you planning these things in ministry? If so, 
plan accordingly. Thanks for listening.